You're listening to I'll Have What She's Podcasting, a film and pop culture podcast hosted by Louise Oliver and Jackie Farmer, two tired feminist millennials giving you opinions you didn't ask for about the content they love. Dear podcast pals, we interrupt your regularly scheduled waiting for our next episode to bring you an emergency hot take. Something has happened. We should be editing, but we had to stop and come and talk to you. We really did. This is a, this is an emergency episode and an emergency hot take because we've just sat and watched the premiere of And Just Like That. And now oh, we're sitting here double fisting Quality Street and Peanuts. I'm still processing... <laughs> It's still living in my body and I'm, I'm processing the trauma of what just happened. And um, I want to say right now that this is that's not me being shady. No. Nope. Something deeply, deeply traumatic happens and we have to say right off the top there's going to be spoilers. So many spoilers. Do not listen. Stop now. Stop immediately unless you have absolutely no attachment to this programme. Yeah, if you don't care, then um, you probably you wouldn't be listening. won't find this <laughs> remotely interesting. <laughs> but... So where to begin? Where to begin? Right, let's give a little bit of context. We are off the back of a little night. We had a cute little night planned. A cute little night planned. We weren't going to do a recording tonight. We no. were just going to hang out as friends. Yeah, and we had a, another two friends with us. They've now yes. gone home to process their trauma. <laughs> um, home quietly. <laughs> wondering what the hell happened to them. Shell-shocked they were. Uh, so I, we were hosting a little night. We thought, oh, you know, this will be fun. We grew up watching Sex and the City. We're all fans. But this will be a fun little nostalgia trip. We'll do a little night. We'll have Cosmos and snacks. We had and Cosmo- we'll watch Louise is wearing a cute outfit. I did. I did a little outfit. She's doing a little nod to the, the shirt dress. Well, yeah. And she yeah. looked wonderful. I had heels and a shirt tied with a belt. It was a whole thing. She looked amazing. Um, it was so happy. Mm-hmm. We were so happy. We were so happy. So I guess to go chronologically, that's our comfort zone. We should stick in our comfort zone. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to with this just to. We're just gonna have to do whatever we need to do to get through this. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> what we're doing right now is a therapy session. Yeah. We thought we were we are together. We're just gonna have to do this emergency episode in response. First and foremost, I want to say like I was half in the position of like maybe I'm gonna have to hate watch this a little bit, but because I'm ever the optimist, I was like I'm ready to love it. Yep. I'm primed and ready to love it. And, you know, right off the bat, I want to say I am fully aware of how the original Sex and the City series has not aged well. Yeah. Fully cognizant of the ways in which it's problematic. Mm -hmm. There are better and more brilliant podcasts that unpack that. We're not going to unpack that. Not today. No. But I just wanted to get that out of the way because I did go in with a bit of love this evening. Yeah. And and I had my heart broken. She did. Still not really that recovered. So they came in real hot. They came in real hot with a, a little brunch, which is nice, nice to them having brunch and everything. But I think it did. It, it... <laughs> like I said, we're still processing. I mean, I've not had time to study this. No, we, we've we've literally just watched it, and we just thought we, we're near the studio, we have, so we'll we just re- we'll just go record our. <laughs> Record our Chris, raw Chris thoughts. Chris is off to bed and is just like, just don't make it too long, guys. Yeah, we're timing um, ourselves. I guess um, I posited a theory with mm-hmm. my friends, including Jackie, that because I think we all thought when they announced that there was going to be a Sex and the City reboot that there was a bit of a a collective groan and a bit of a oh, just stop flogging a dead horse. Yeah, let um, it die. We, I think we just started to close the chapter of processing the trauma of the second movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just, we were like tidying that away. And then 
I thought about it for a little while and I was like, I'm of the opinion that Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Nixon in particular, they're talented actors, they're intelligent people. They're not going to be unaware of the discourse around Mm -hmm. how we all as a generation became aware of how problematic Sex and the City was in so many ways. And if I were them, I would be like, I would kind of like this this thing this this thing that is my legacy that I am so well known for and in many ways I'm so proud of. I'd like to right some wrongs. Totally. And that's why totally. I thought was the rationale behind all of this. And I think there was plenty of potential to achieve that. And you know And that's not what happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna be an optimist here and what is it's gonna be a six part series, right? Mm-hmm. There is time. Yeah. I mean there's certain damage that is very much done. And we will come to that. But I think that for some of the some of the themes that are running through it, there's I think yeah, as you say, they're coming in hot. The first brunch scene is a little bit like our friend said that it felt a bit like a skit for like children in need or something. Like they were like It's like a play. You said it was, that. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, like you, a play. Like yeah. they're kind of it felt very much like they're warming back up yeah. to the beloved characters that we know. Yeah. And in that way of like they are not used to be like Kristen Davis is not used to being in Charlotte's skin anymore, etc. No. And they're not they've obviously not been hanging out with each other and There was a lot of nervous energy. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was giddy and that's fine. We were giddy too, but like you'd just think a couple of dress rehearsals might have Yeah. Carrie had this thing going where she was like a heightened on LSD and steroids version of her original character as like a yeah. two, I need a two drink minimum to get through. Carrie yeah. in this brunch. She was trying for the pa 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 Carrie that we know and love, but it was mm-hmm. coming off a little like a little like a little written actually. Yeah. In a way that the show previously felt like that kind of zippy dialogue felt rooted in who they were. Yeah. I mean in, like Carrie's pun well, so I wasn't actually really a, a big fan until this last year. And I started listening to we started our podcast, we started hanging out a lot more and I think in the in the big Glasgow lockdown that was like nine months long just there, I ended up watching all of it all the way through for the first time and listening to a podcast called Sentimental Garbage, which is very good. If you're listening to this, you've definitely listened to that already. So like, yeah, we're, it's not hype, but it's, it is very it, good. It is very good, um, as you know. And I just love the guys that were doing it. So I ended up, and I love you. And so I ended up watching it all and I really enjoyed it. And like, yeah, there were definitely bits that having watched it at this point, I was aware of episodes and having watched it later was like, okay, I see what people are talking about when they say this about like biophobia, homophobia, internalized misogyny. She's a terrible sex columnist, all these things, all very valid. But also having seen other shows age that way. There's also a part of me, which is a very privileged position to be in, which is, you know, they are relics of the time as is Happy Days, as is mm-hmm. Only Fools and Horses. You know, the, we can love things and learn from their wrongs as well. And so that's that's all fine. What was my point? I think you've grown up with them more than I have. Mm-hmm. I watched them really young. Like yeah. My mum has this running joke with me where she's like, you were far too young to be watching that. I can't believe I, I didn't even, I didn't know if I'd known what you were watching. Yeah, I feel I like they were it. more formative than you. I feel like we started hanging out a lot. Well, we were hanging a lot out a lot anyway, but then when we started doing our own podcast and you would make references to it, and I was like, oh shit, I need to understand this better. <laughs> I think it, it either, it was either with you culturally or it wasn't. And yeah. I think um, for me, a lot of people I know, you know, another friend of mine, Elaine, my co-host on Persistent mm-hmm. and Nasty, you know, she talks about how when she was a student living with her flatmate, they had, you know, the basic stripped back totalitarian hovel that is student existence and they had a TV and a DVD player and 
all they had to put in the DVD player was the Sex and the City DVDs somehow. So they just watched it on a loop and kind of grew up with it that way. And, and lots of people have similar stories. I, I mean, our friend who was here tonight, uh, I went to uni with her and I have similar stories of just lying in the bed together in, in the in the student flats watching it yeah. over and over and over again. That would have been my experience of it would have been with a flatmate. Actually, I had two different flatmates that both had the box sets that if they were hungover, they'd sit and watch it. Or if they were heartbroken, they'd sit and watch it. And so if I was around, I'd sit and watch. So I'd seen, mm-hmm. I had seen a lot of it and was aware of really, I mean, the vast majority of it just hadn't watched it from start to end before. And I think there was something very stark for me watching it, t- watching and just like that tonight, mm-hmm. which was, yes, we talk a lot now about the original series mm-hmm. being problematic what we talk about less now because i think we rewatch it all the time because we know this that it's instinctive to know this mm-hmm. and then do the unpacking of other things is that it was genuinely zeitgeisty and it was zeitgeisty without even fucking trying this was trying really really hard to tap yeah. into the zeitgeist it was like what is the moment what do we need to be responding to how do we claw back our relevance mm-hmm. it's through this this and this and we're just gonna we're just gonna blatantly signpost that that's what we're doing yeah which is a shame because i think there's capacity to have done this in a far less heavy-handed way yeah but as i'm sure we'll come on to it takes such a sharp left turn that we get whiplash from all of that nervous energy and awkwardness that gives us the exposition of like why samantha's not there and yeah what's going on with miranda and why we're all at these points in our lives rather than just letting the fact that we've all aged just be a thing that yeah is is a fact <laughs> like and maybe we're not talking about it all at once drinking at brunch too much yes I'm sorry we I'm um gonna, we're gonna need, we're, we're drinking through we're, this we're drinking through this we've been drinking through it since about uh, seven o'clock this evening um we're just gonna be honest with you about that but then I think some of our more um keen listeners might know that that's not new it's quite often <laughs> sometimes we drink with things sometimes we drink through them um. Yeah, so there was a lot of um, hairy stuff to get through in yeah. the first half hour. What do you want to start with? We can. There's many oh things we can talk about. Miranda. Miranda is, is a biggie. Well, actually, do you know what? Let's talk about Samantha. Okay. Let's talk about how they dealt with Samantha right from the top. So hot. Bitsy, Mitzi Von Muffling, Bitsy Von Muffling comes crashing in and is like, where the fuck is Samantha? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what's happening. Yeah. Shout out to Bitsy, Mitzi. Yeah, she looks Because fantastic. she looks fucking great. She looks exactly the same as she did 20 odd years ago. Obbed her pet plum dress. She lo- oh, she was styled to the gods. Yeah. Like, yeah. in both major scenes that we get Bitsy, she her styling is... One point. Yeah. And yeah, we get, it's just like straight away, she's in London. She's not dead. Yeah. There's a bit, there's like a little, a little uh, false, I don't know, what's it called? Like a little not, double bluff? Like yeah, a kind double of, bluff. Yeah. I kept trying to say double tape. There's a little double bluff. They do this meta thing where they're like very self-aware and like, oh, oh, hi, we're talking to you, audience member, which is like, you've been speculating all this time and the big, the big thing is like, will Samantha be dead? So they have mm-hmm. Miranda say, she's not dead. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it turns out Samantha's in London. <laughs> So fine. And as you know, she's fallen out with Carrie for some cockamamie reason. Yeah. The first 20 minutes there's like exposition central. We yeah. have exposition brunch. Yeah. And then we have exposition walk through Manhattan on the way to Carrie's mm-hmm. podcast. Podcast being a word that they repeated several times. Oh, relatable content. The fact <laughs> that nobody's listening to Carrie's podcast. <laughs> That's not true. You're listening. We hope. We hope you're listening. Thank you. If you are listening, engage. Let us know. Say hi. But yes, any friends of ours who are listening for the first time, or maybe just you haven't listened to all of our episodes, which is absolutely it's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. I'm not okay <laughs> It's with fine. I'm Carrie Bradshaw Louise, on this. this. come on. 
<laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We understand. It's not for everyone. And also, like, if you haven't seen the films or the content that we do, this is our first TV podcast. Um, You're apologizing to people who aren't even listening. This is true. (laughs) We might not even release this. (laughs) So let's keep going. So let's keep going. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sorry. No, she's not sorry. (laughs) She's not sorry. Shout out to the outfits for a quick sec. Uh, Okay. Do we we have anything to say there? Not really. What was it Chris said? That (laughs) Kyle is like a dictator. She looks like an African dictator. (laughs) The hat. The hat. And the the embroidered thing. (laughs) She does. She looks like an African dictator. And I really need everybody to drop, to just drop it on Miranda's hair. Yeah. What the fuck is that all about? Also, Keanu Reeves is going out with a woman with a very, very similar haircut. Therefore, some people go grey in like their thirties. Calm down about like, it. It's just some people go grey earlier than that. Some people lose their hair. People, if you soot being early blonde, you probably 30s. soot being grey. It's not yeah. that far away. And she looks incredible. Yeah, she, she looks, looks great. Fab. They all look great. And. There's something that I was personally very excited about, which was seeing people in later <laughs> life yeah, depicted in, in modern contemporary television, living yeah. their lives and having drama and families and shit, having, you know, yeah, having, having careers. Yeah. And they do kind of really hammer the joke about being old into the wall. Like, they really like it's like, we're old, yeah. we're old. I it's, did like, you know, um, guys, come on. I did enjoy it. This is skipping ahead, but I did enjoy it, the recital, just when we're on being old. I did like it, the piano recital, when Steve takes out his, his hearing, hearing aid. aid. I love Steve. I love Steve too. <laughs> I love I love all the men yeah. of sex in the city, yeah. if I'm being honest. I do like all the men, um, apart from Jack Berger. I'm sure we'll come on to him. Oh, I'm uh, sure we'll have another one of these. <laughs> I sense there may be another emergency <laughs> episode. So yes, okay, so we get Exposition Central at the top. Yeah. Yeah, then it's really Miranda. It's a Miranda-heavy episode Yeah. for the most part. She doesn't have an easy time of it. Mm-mm. It's too much. It's it's also not that believable. I'm sorry, Miranda's a... F- she's an intelligent person who lives, has lived her entire life in New York. Like, not that I'm saying that privilege, that the, the immense privilege that these characters in particular carry wouldn't make you a bit fucking like clueless at times but this just feels it feels so clumsy it's she's so, so clumsy yeah. in a way that Miranda could be clumsy in like yeah in dating situations like that was it like she wasn't really clumsy in her friendships to my memory and she wasn't particularly socially clumsy like she was I don't know the I d- fact that she's she's falling over herself trying to say the right thing rather than falling into a clumsy situation because she said what she's thought yeah there's some I don't know. Maybe I, that's just, these are fresh off the press takes. Yeah, it was, and we were, and, and to be fair, we are still stunned. Yeah, but that scene in in the college, in the college. I mean, it's good. It's good to show somebody doing that because it does happen, and it is hard to watch in real life. And I think maybe that was the point because it kept going on and on mm. and, and it, on. Yeah, it was supposed to make us uncomfortable. Yeah. And it did. But it just didn't seem like that would have been... It felt like more of a Charlotte situation to be in than a Miranda one or something. Like, it felt yeah. more... Maybe they just really liked those woke Charlotte memes and they decided yeah. that... Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll, go, they'll go for Miranda. Go for the jugular. Oh. I just, just give us Miranda. I just feel like it's... Like maybe this is the writer in me coming out. I just feel it was really heavy-handed. I'm like, you mm. can absolutely do this. Like, I'm not being protective of her as a character, like saying Miranda would never be racist. Of course Miranda's got the capacity to be racist. 
She's a very privileged cis white woman living in a, in yeah, New York, a high-powered lawyer, and yeah. like she's quite, in some ways, quite conservative. Like that's not what I'm saying. It just felt like this feels like an educational video that you're showing to students or people, like yeah. how not to be racist or how not to be a pain in the neck. I don't know. It just felt really like. I think can we do this in a bit, a bit with a bit more sophistication. I don't know. I think also just in quite a short time period, you get that scene and the scene with Carrie doing her podcast <sighs> with Sarah Ramirez, um, who is a cis woman, I believe. I I, I don't know. I'm not familiar. Um, one of our friends recognised her from Grey's Anatomy, um, oh, okay. so I looked her up. And no, I tell a lie. They are non-binary. IMDb had them as female identifying, but they're non-binary and there's just a lot there's a lot going on there too it's just like we're kind of getting hit in the face we're we're on for a really like bumpy fast ride and it's telling us a lot and I think you know full disclosure I'm going to keep watching because I'm hoping there is a lot of shaking off of that nervous energy that we're talking about because we go yeah. we go through that process with Miranda it's horrific to watch yeah but you're quite right, it's probably intended to be. The first episode definitely gives me pilot energy until the last ten bloody minutes, in which case it's very bloody season five. And But then there are also, like, the, the... I don't know, I guess maybe, like, the flagellation of the characters to some extent, social flagellation of them. No, I hear you um, on that. Like, it's like they're like punishing them. The kind of, like, pointing out that they are... The, the way they've been or the way they are isn't cool. Yeah. And society is going to correct that which you know and that's what society does and that's fine and I think that does kind of calm down towards the end of the second one because Miranda makes friends with Shay and she gets fist bump yeah like there's an awkward scaling down of it which I think is maybe going to lead to something a bit more nuanced I hope you're right it's the nuance that's that's kind of like and I think you 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 the, the, the use of self-flagellation, yeah. I think, has n- hit the nail on the head because it's like, it feels like that's exactly what they yeah. were doing. But not to be like, oh, poor rich white women. No, but like, that's what they were doing. Like, but we'll they make yeah. them, we will punish them by making them so awkward and ridiculous in these situations that yeah. we hope that what we're saying to you as the audience who have spent 20 years unpacking what is wrong with the original incarnation and I have to say like people forget if you spend 20 years unpacking something it's because you're invested it's because you care yeah like we still talk about the wrongs that took place in Sex and the City 20 years ago because we wish they didn't happen because there is so much good there yeah and for some people that like I understand that for some people there was a, a line cross like particularly the that episode where the, the horrific transphobic episode um, yeah. When Miranda first moves into the meatpacking district, that for some people that crossed the line, because of who they were as people when they were watching that, and they whether they were out as trans or not, it just was like that's that's a line crossed. I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah, and I completely get that. But I think there is still an argument to be made that the unpacking of these things and 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 the wanting to understand why they may have written it the way they have written it, or just like being able to look at it and go, I still enjoy parts of the whole but can recognise why that's really bad. Yeah. And I think all of that fed into, like, all of the choices that they made for these characters in the first, like, 20 yeah. to 30 minutes of that and, first episode. Yeah, and do you think maybe, like, not knowing what's going to happen in, what, the next few episodes, do you think they kind of wanted to get that out of the way? Yeah, it feels like get, that. Let's get, let's get that out of the way. Let's let, let them it really have... really felt like that. Charlotte 
hasn't really had that but like Carrie and um well Carrie just can't talk about masturbation on her podcast which um it's fair enough you know, I'm fine she actually shouldn't have to yeah she shouldn't her job shouldn't be on the line because she doesn't want to that felt um, weird that felt really weird for me actually because yeah it's a weird one because she also kind of gets like the like we know that there has already been a huge amount of chat about the fact that Carrie is quite a prudish sex yeah, columnist she wasn't a great sex columnist <laughs> but she like, was a relationship was why, columnist. Yeah. She wasn't a sex columnist. And if that's why she got hired, her employer should have read her portfolio, yeah. which presumably was is now archived online. Yeah. Like, and she's a best-selling like, novelist. Author. She's yeah, not, like, and she, presumably her books are clearly not about masturbating. Yeah. There was something that bothered me about that because I think, and there was like this really weird, there was moments in it that it felt like there's not actually a young person or a contemporary person in this writer's room, is there? Because it felt like there were moments where, I'm sure there are, I don't know what the writer's room makeup looks like for this, I haven't looked into it yet, but it did feel like somebody come and get your man because it was like, I don't know, not just the podcast scene, but so many scenes where it was like, that's not what being woke is. Being like mm. extremist in another way, and I even even hate using the word woke. It's just like just be a decent person. Like if Carrie doesn't want to talk to you about when and how she masturbates, that's fine. Don't yeah. force her into it. And like, also, like she's clearly been doing it for some amount of time. Like her co-host would know that she's a little bit prudish about things yeah. and might have given her a heads up about like, oh, we're going to talk about masturbation. Like if you don't want to talk about your own, like maybe have like some anecdotes from. Things you heard about as a sex columnist yeah. in the 90s. And you were so right when, when we were watching it in the moment, not not two hours ago, that if she's on the podcast to bring her perspective as, like, as she says, you know, the OG, the original mm-hmm. badass of the sex columnist from the 90s, it's like, allow Carrie to be who she is now and bring her perspective into it. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, to me, it would have been more interesting to allow Carrie to still be Carrie yeah. and have that gently challenged. Like, she can not want to talk about masturbation. Cool. But if the podcast host had done her homework, it's like, well, can we refer to that column where you talk about going out with the politician that wanted to pee on you and you didn't or, want like, to do that? Or you, the, you your friend you Samantha that you wrote about that had, like, basically was the authority on vibrators. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, like or famously... Or that time that she, um, like had her like her bush dyed orange and like she yeah. showed it to you in the bathroom at your friend's baby shower yeah like, or the time that she realized she couldn't orgasm so she took a day off work and told nobody to call her because she was working hard on yeah. it like like carrie has all of this stuff in her brain yeah carrie like, can also talk yeah. from her own personal experience as well yeah. she can talk about the jazz guy with adhd that who could make her come like a fucking dump truck like it's just there's like, plenty there's yeah. loads to talk about and you've got it's, like, and you've got like the strange cis man who's talking about how he's masturbated in every single public place imaginable, which seemed like a weird move. I thought that was really weird because it was like, <laughs> hey, how many places in public have you masturbated? And it's like that's like literally a that sex gets crime. you on you, yeah that gets you on the sex offenders list. <laughs> like that's technically illegal You're and if, not supposed to do that. If you, as a woman or anyone walking down the street, and you turn a corner and someone is masturbating. That's not That's okay. cause for concern. That's yeah, not, it's like, it's not, it wouldn't be funny. It it's would be, not sex positive to be like, oh, cool, there's somebody masturbating. And, and also, it's a different dynamic. Masturbating in public, somebody flagrantly touching himself in public is a yeah. different thing from something you do in the privacy of your own bedroom. But yeah. anyway. It was, it bothered me because yeah. there's actually like instances where that's been an actual thing that has happened to yeah. me. Yeah. In in New York, like like public masturbation that feels very targeted and very like 
I'm doing this at you there, uh, there to is a frighten you. A completely different thing between like a person exploring and enjoying their own body yeah. in private, having a lovely time, and all of the health benefits that come from that versus your Louis CKs of the world, yeah. which scar people for a long time and ruin yeah. careers. Like It's strange to even have a conversation where you're really talking about those things as if they're the same. Yeah. And it was like, the way it was presented was that. There was no nuance to it. There was no like discussion about, well, what actually are we talking about here? If yeah. we're talking about like, you know, a little bit of dangerous sex in a slightly public place or yeah. whatever. Which like, again is different because is different. that's different if it's two people doing a thing as opposed it's consensual to one person and you're not, yeah. yeah, you're not making someone else have a non-consensual experience. Yeah. You know, it just felt, it was really weird. It was just like, yeah. this podcast is not as apparently woke in inverted commas as it thinks it, just it seemed, is. It just seemed like it was a weird vibe and I couldn't really tell what the, maybe, maybe it'll become apparent. I think it has to because they kept cutting to that cutie in the booth. Yeah, what was the cutie in the booth? <laughs> the cutie in the booth got two proper like cut to him. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you, sir? Maybe that's why Carrie was like, oh, you're talking to me? I uh, I wasn't paying attention because our podcast editor and producer is so hot. I have that problem with our podcast. Yes. <laughs> He's not in the room right now. It's very distracting. Hashtag cutie in the booth. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that was distracting. What shall we talk about next? We, well, we didn't really talk about the meta of it all yeah the blurring of the lines between are we talking about Samantha or are we talking about Kim Cattrall yeah the um, strange falling out very odd although I will give credit to Sarah Jessica Parker in that scene mm-hmm. where Miranda and and uh, Carrie are walking down the street having the conversation that they must have had before but are having for our benefit <laughs> I, I felt it was real. I felt like I felt that yeah. that was Sarah Jessica Parker talking, not so much Carrie. Um, and I can understand that you know, having got older and seen like either grown apart from older friends or like seen other friends grow apart from each other. I can appreciate that you do have conversations like that mm-hmm. about that person, and maybe, and maybe also you know there can be there can be a singular falling out, but it doesn't mean that that was the only thing that led yeah. to people not speaking like that can sometimes be like the straw that broke the camel's back mm-hmm. it can just be like well a bit of an excuse of like we don't know what's happened in the last 15 years maybe just Samantha just can't be bothered anymore in but, many ways it felt like the most realistic thing in the whole yeah. thing not just because it was drawn from a real life thing but like you say we all have those moments where yeah, either someone falls out with you or you fall out with someone and you don't explain it properly and it just it just escalates to a point where nobody's able to, to fix anything and, yeah. and again like it's the meta idea of or the meta feeling of watching it in the show is because it is paralleled with a genuine in real life fallout that we'll never know the truth about because mm-hmm. it's you know television it's television and <laughs> tabloids and only, yeah. the only people that know what happened between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Charlotte are them but there was this there was also a weird thing about seeing it borne out on a TV show so close to the bone and then things that just <sighs> don't make odd. sense you know it's like so later after like what the bad thing happens that we're, we'll come to in a minute the bad thing and Samantha sends flowers and yeah you said it you were just like no She'd, she'd I think there. I was like, oh, she would at least have phoned, and you're like, no, she'd, she'd fucking, fucking be, there. be there. Yeah, which is true. Like, that was her character, wasn't somebody who would ever send a token when she knew her pal actually just needed her there. Yeah. So the fact that, which, I mean, and obviously, like, they couldn't, like, Kim Cattrall is not going to be there. Yeah. And has been very, very clear about that. But although the way they, the twists and turns and the way they presented this episode, there was part of me that thought <laughs> she might like, be. She's turn up. That would have been amazing. Um, yeah. 
Uh, before we get to the bad thing, because I'm not ready yet, I just need to shout out uh, a Brady Hobbs. Oh my god. <laughs> Mad Shagger, Brady Hobbs. Brady Hobbs. Right, hold on. I need to look up if that's the same actor. I'm going to look it up right now because his face looks like someone who's been a baby on the television. If it is the same actor, I will be delighted. Yeah, me too. That would be very cool. I'll be happy for him. He doesn't have a huge amount to do apart from shag and smoke weed. Well, he is a teenager. Yeah. Um, Just going to double check. No, it wasn't him. He's just well cast. He was very well cast. Uh, I am so deeply offended by his behaviour. But that might be because I'm a prude. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Yeah, maybe I'm being a prude. Maybe we're being prudes. Um, I was horrified by Brady Hobbs going at it like fucking Billy O. <laughs> I don't know. I just sounded like my mum there. Billy <laughs> like Billy O. Billy-o. <laughs> he was just like going to. T- he was being ridden. He was having a Barry ride. He was my having a Barry ride the other day. In and at first when it when the scene like starts, I thought he must be in a dorm room, mm-hmm. and then it pans out and. He's ba- they're banging away the headboard is banging away and he's in his fucking bedroom in his parents house yeah and Miranda and Steve are like Jesus Christ the noise and it's like is, you have control over this it's so disrespectful it's your is, house. is it just me or is that really disrespectful like it's not that I, just I have think not that you had a boy in my bedroom as a teenager just that you wouldn't want your parents to hear you no exactly that was my point like anytime I've had a boy in my bedroom as a teenager I see I'm talking like the tense on that is weird when I had a boy in my bedroom as a teenager, mm-hmm. you, th- like the thing would be like there was always this like tension because it was like you have to stay quiet, yeah, because you have to pretend that you're just like watching studying. Blue Peter for <laughs> studying. Yeah. It was just it was very shocking to me, but that's perhaps because I'm from a different generation. I don't maybe know. maybe that's what it's like now. But I don't know what that said. Like I, I don't know if it was saying like all the sex stuff that you're used to from this show. You're gonna get through. We have no Brady Hobbs. Yeah, like, we have no Samantha Jones. We give you Brady Hobbs. <laughs> Brady Hobbs. Brady. This, Brady Hobbs. This slightly awkward, gangly, redheaded, weed smoking teenager is the top Samantha. shagger of the Upper Manhattan area. <laughs> Auntie Samantha. She'd be very proud. Very proud. And she didn't even like him. No, she was not Team Brady to begin with. <laughs> Although she did say, like, when he turns 21, I'll take him out for a drink, yeah, flirt with all she? his friends. Yeah. So it's very sad. She would be so proud scene. of him. Okay, so we've shouted out Brady Hobbs. We haven't really talked about it, Charlotte. No. Shouldn't have a huge amount to do other than be a overbearing mother and then an inconsiderate friend. Which was very strange. Again, it was yeah. another odd choice because. I don't think that's who Charlotte is. Yeah. And there's something, this comes back to my, the other thought that I had about how there's something weird about the way they've presented them now seems to not factor in what 20 years of life yeah, growth. means. Growth. And yeah. the journey that you go on, and it does feel a little bit like they've just dropped them in to 2021. And I'm like, and that they're awkward and trying to like figure out getting back in their bodies. And it's like... And they've changed, but not in ways that make sense. Yeah. Because we all change. And maybe we do, like, change for the worst. But given the fact that for Charlotte, what we're we're led to believe here is that her friends have stayed the same. She stayed in a happy marriage. Yeah. And she's still got two gorgeous kids that she adores. Yeah. And I'm like, so you're you're not giving me anything to lead me to believe that Charlotte has become a different person in a negative way because of the way life has impacted her. Like, if she'd gone through something or something had changed, then maybe I would be more inclined to believe that she's become a bit 
difficult. Yeah, that's not who Charlotte was when we left her. Yeah, so like <laughs> she 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 might be someone who might be incredibly emotional and have trouble controlling her emotions. I mean, Charlotte Charlotte was always emotional, but she was she also, was also very very reliable in a crisis and quite self aware. Yeah, she was like the when the big stuff happened when Miranda's mother died throughout. Uh, Samantha's cancer the movie when Big mm. uh, leaves or d- he does not leave her at the altar a mild bit of misunderstanding due to someone not having their phone on them oh, while they're getting married sake. Let's anyway <laughs> it, Charlotte is very like she's dependable this is what we do yeah. and she gets emotional when we've seen her get emotional before it's on behalf of her friends it's like you hurt my friend mm-hmm. and now I am feeling this thing mm-hmm. so what we get here is like I don't know. This doesn't work for me. Very well. It's very snowflakey. It's very snowflakey. Um, and the woke Charlotte memes exist for a reason. Yeah, they just do. Uh, I think we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to cover it, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, and we say say those. Maybe maybe the next few episodes will just turn it right. Right. Maybe we'll step back. We'll sober up and have some perspective. We'll feel better about all this. And we're about to get into the real meat of it. So I just want to yeah. say we're going to... Con- I, I mean, I can't speak for Jackie, but I'm going to continue to watch. Yeah, I am too. I'm on board. I love these characters. I feel like there was definitely a little bit of like, here we go! And yeah. we got shoved into it. And there was a lot to deal with. I am interested to see how it pans out. We haven't even mentioned Anthony and Stanford. Yeah. Anthony looks great. I think, Yeah, Anthony looks great. And I actually thought all of the scenes with those two were great. Yeah. I thought they were both actually seemed really comfortable in being Anthony and Stanford. I thought their scenes together were very sweet and believable and felt like sex in the city. Yeah. They brought the they brought that original charm back yeah. a little bit. That kind of took me back to those like Although the again, original. There's something yeah. happening with Stanford and I guess we're covering the first episode, not the second. There, there well, were some strange choices with Stanford that I yeah. thought were a bit odd. But it was ve- it was very it was too difficult for me to unpack that knowing that Willie Garson has left us and that is yeah. devastating and he left us far too young and in the knowledge that he was filming that quite unwell it just doesn't feel right to maybe unpick a little bit of what was happening there and well I mean what are we only looking at episode one are we doing both well yeah we're probably doing both yeah yeah I think we're probably doing both but let's here just... we are it sucks we're, it's we're... very sad but he did very well but yeah we were kind of saying like you can sort of tell he's not very well yeah and it's really sad to see so we do get a lovely scene in the middle of the episode or near the start of the episode I yeah suppose, about half an hour in where Carrie comes home to big mm-hmm. and it's uh it's lovely it's really lovely. It's really lovely. They're cooking. They're happy to be around one another. Yeah. They're, they're putting on an album. They're at ease. They've had a nice lockdown of date nights. Yeah. It's actually the scene where you finally, like, exhale. Yeah. Because all of that, like, ah, awkward. And she, yeah, then, and she calls him Mr. Big. She calls him Mr. Big to his like, face. Like, it's a funny little nickname, like, yeah. okay, Mr. Big. Which we've like, never heard yeah. her do to him it all feels very lovely and and then, and then there's there's the masturbation scene but we're not going to talk about it I don't know I don't we're know. not I don't it was it was weird that. and I didn't like it I didn't and like it, it. I'm glad it didn't go any further it stopped at the very latest point it could have without it just being absolutely scarring and yeah, I didn't want that we didn't want it but the scene that they had together at the start was just it was lovely it was really nice yeah although I will um, one point on the masturbation scene yes. I have, well two points I have about the masturbation scene <laughs> 
One of which is like we never really got to see much of Chris Noth as big being funny and charming and mm. playful. He was he always had to be kind of one note and unattainable and with Carrie. Yeah, there were you anytime you saw him being funny, it was sort of when almost like when they weren't together. Yeah. It would be like a, a hint of like you knew he was funny. Yeah. But he wasn't at ease very much the yeah. time. Or if he was at ease, something bad was gonna happen. Something bad was gonna happen. <sighs> and um, so the one thing I will say is that it was lovely to get to see Chris Noth be playful. I love it. I think he does it really well. I think it's where he lives, both yeah. as a person as an, and an actor. And I yeah. think he was really living in these scenes. Yeah. The second point I have about it is that one of the things that's very firmly established about Big and Carrie is that you don't get much of the sex. Yeah. Uh, you know, even she doesn't even talk about it really. She no. like. All she'll say is, like, there was one cute thing in a later season where she says, when Big colours, he always goes outside of the lines or something like that. She doesn't She doesn't talk about her sex yeah. life with Big with her girls. It's very private to her. Yeah. Almost sacred. Yeah. All so, we know is that it's satisfying. All we know is that it's, <laughs> it's good. And this scene, they almost shattered that. Like, they skirted around the edges of shattering that. And I was like, don't, I don't want... I don't want this... I don't want Big to be exposed. I don't want. I don't want no. him to be. I don't need to see it. And it goes. We don't need to see that. I think part of it was in that scene. Carrie's vulnerable. It's not actually yeah. so much that he's vulnerable. It's that she's vulnerable. I mean, and looking at it now, with the distance of having watched it a couple of hours ago, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like there's something nice about having been married to someone for or been with someone for such a long time and. The fact that you could go into the bedroom and be like, let's try this. Yeah. And for him to be like, yeah, okay. I think that's sweet. Like, I think that's really oh, healthy lovely. and lovely. And But also the fact that basically he's just like, that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just like he doesn't actually really want to do that or he can tell that she is just trying to prove something to herself. Yeah. But he turns it into a scene that's actually lovely. And it is it's like lovely. just they're gonna have sex with each other because they still find each other really attractive and yeah. love each other a lot. And that's really nice. So actually that is a scene that we it were watching. Hands it. out well. Yeah, we were watching it next to each other absolutely terrified. <laughs> and then actually yeah. it became really nice. Because it's not the it's not the vulnerability I objected to. It was like no. it, I just there was something about It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. How do I articulate this? It was like everybody else Carrie had sex with in the show that we saw was throwaway. Mm-hmm. Big mattered. Yeah. To some extent, Aiden. But even then, we only got we got smatterings of of sex scenes with Aiden. But because Big was always the big love. Yeah. It felt like this is for them. Yeah. So fade to black or f- cut to the fireplace. Well, yeah, you'd you know get, like, I mean? the big kiss and then yeah. dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Like, yeah. that was the, that's, that's the fine. way I view them. And yeah. that's sort of, there's kind of, maybe it's a bit old-worldy romantic, but, yeah, there was something about this that I was just like, I don't want to see this. I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. appreciate. I appreciate sex positivity, healthy communication, big cheerleader, but in the context of my viewing of this show and these characters, just cut to the fireplace. Yeah. Go now. I don't want to see Big Wank. I just no. don't want to see him wank. <laughs> and yeah, and I think like they hadn't set, and they probably and they must have done this on purpose, like, but they didn't set it up as a particularly sexy scene. No, no. So it was very, it was quite highlight. Yeah. And she's like just sat in the bed, like sitting on her knees, like so on you go, on you go, <laughs> whip it out. <laughs> He's just gonna like okay, and then like 
is obviously doing something and then very quickly makes it silly and lovely mm-hmm. and something that both of them actually want to participate in. Yeah. So, and I also wouldn't read that as him like kink shaming her or anything. I think it was no, like no, no. he's was picking up like, that she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't like, wish to do this either. It's almost like she's bringing work, she's bringing the office into the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, no, no. He'll just be like, yeah, something must have happened at the podcast yeah. today. <laughs> Is this for the podcast? Are you recording right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you still calling me Mr. Big in <laughs> private? That's just, I thought that was just our name now. Everybody knows who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Literally your husband. Yeah. <laughs> it's public. We had a, we had a wedding announcement. Shout out to the uh, maxi dress kimono butterfly thing that she's wearing in that scene. I loved yeah. it. And I love the thing she's wearing next in the next scene when she um, gets ready to go to Lily's Mm. piano recital. And she has this beautiful oversized blazer. um, Yeah, like the culottes. The culottes, the baggy culottes and the pearls. And the blouse with the um, diagonal cut collar. Yeah, she does look really nice. She looks like like early Diane Keaton. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. And she's wearing the wedding shoes, which now I realise... We just all should have seen it coming. Now I realise it's a thing. You know, and also, you know, do we think do we think that Miranda maybe has... Are, are they going to make Miranda have a drinking problem? Miranda seems to have a drinking problem, yes. I feel like there's... It's the way that Americans have drinking problems is the way that a lot of Scottish people just drink anyway. Yeah, like, may I have a glass of Chablis at 11... In the morning. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just remember watching the OC and like Kirsten has like two glasses of wine in a single episode. And then by the next episode, she's a full blown alcoholic. Although she does have a bottle of wine in her bag at her friend's child's yeah, exactly. piano recital. But, but I mean... Have, Although that's also like this part I, of me I that's like... I can see you doing that. It's like, I hear what the messaging of the show is, but the other half of me is like total icon. Which is what I mean. It's like, I feel like in Scotland where we have kind of a national drinking problem that doesn't seem <laughs> that... Also, I, like going to your friend's child's thing's probably going to be a bit boring. I'm I just think it spicing was like, it up. I think you'd be a bit more subtle. <laughs> like cans of gin and tonic? I, I think it would know. be cans of G&T or maybe like a little like thermos with maybe some mulled wine in it or I'd something. I'd go with cans of G&T and be like, what? I'm at the theatre. Like, yeah. this is what we do here. We opened them before it started. Your We're not just talented. Yeah, come on. I'm fully and, engaged. Yeah. So there's that and then there's the whole, at the funeral, she's like, give me the drink. <sighs> give me the drink. So yeah. I think I feel like that is that is ramping up something. So you've said the words at the funeral. Yes. So while well, we all know, we everyone is listening knows what's happening. I know, I'm just... This was horrendous. Yeah. And this might be the reason that you've tuned in if you saw Emergency episode in our chat about this. This was the killer for me. This was really like, what are you doing? Everything else I'm like, okay, I can kind of like, kind of half hate, half love watching this as you kind of bumble through and we'll have a cackle, but I'm still on board with you. I'm still team you guys. Yeah, it's clumsy and like, and we're hoping that it calm, you calm down and settle yeah. in. But like, we're it's been here. 20 years. Like, yeah. we get it. Like, we're here. We're staying here. We're yeah. with you. Like, cool. It's just like you've got your rusty bike out of the garage. You're just getting it like going again. I get it. This, however, mm-hmm. was borderline unforgivable. Yeah. I mean, and you've, you'll have just, you'll, you will have watched this in the last 24 hours. But um, it's. And just like that. <sighs> Come on. So, yeah, big dies. He died. Big dies. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Louise was legitimately so upset. Was was so upset. She was really quite 
distraught. It was, and the way they did it as well, it was like it was like the slow build. Everybody at the piano recital looking beautiful. The, the kind of half gag of Miranda having the wine in her purse and. As soon as they start, as soon as Lily started playing, they started cutting to big, cutting on, the to big on the peloton. I was like, oh fuck, he's doing a spin class. And he's got a heart condition. This is bad. Like, and you kind of, I think, as soon as they started doing that, we, the penny dropped for all of us watching. Yeah. We're like, oh no, yeah. oh no, it's it was so hard to and it watch. Builds and, and it builds and it builds, and then he gets because like I think it was like that thing. It was like oh he's gonna fall off and it'll be this big thing. Yeah, but he gets off. And you're like oh okay maybe it's yeah. not going that way. But then he's like he's looking at his phone and he texts Carrie and it's like let's just go tonight referring to the trip to the Hamptons that they were planning on taking but it got postponed so that Carrie could go to the recital and support Charlotte and uh, he's getting ready to go in for the shower and he's like you know rolling his shoulder like oh my arm's feeling a little bit funny and and we're all just like oh no and I felt like we were going up and down like oh no it's like something bad's gonna happen oh no it's fine no wait hang on oh no it's fine oh no wait I can't, I can't relive it. <laughs> but there, well, there was just kind of a point when they were flipping back and forth so much. It was like, there's no way something bad isn't going to happen to him yeah. because why else would they? It would be really, it would be such a non sequitur of a filming choice. Yeah, it would be really be weird. If it was like, oh, and then he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he was clearly not going to be fine. And, and I but, think if he hadn't been, if he'd been fine, we'd all be like, why weren't you just at the, the piano recital? Like, yeah. <laughs> everyone else was there. I mean, I think he just didn't want to go. I mean, which is classic big, yeah. to be fair. Um, and actually, part of me thinks the penny should have dropped by the time he mentioned doing spin like the third time. I was like, I know right. they did plant the seed, but it, like, like that never even. And they like... were too happy. It was like, well, there's not any drama there, so like, what were they gonna have to do? But why does there have to be drama? I know. With them, like, there's a million other reasons to have drama. Aging is dramatic. Miranda Figuring has out a your drinking place. problem. Miranda has a drinking problem. <laughs> Carries on a podcast that's no, that no one's listening to. Like, there's yeah. lots of other <laughs> opportunities for drama. This was yeah. this was cruel. This was really cruel, and I feel like I am all for not pulling any punches where writing is concerned in television shows. Mm-hmm. I do subscribe a little to the thing of like no one is safe. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I think there are ways to deal with it, and yeah. I think this was horrific. He's so beloved. The yeah. entire show, twenty years worth of nostalgia hinges on getting these two together. Yeah, and he dies in her fucking arms yeah it's horrible like you see the light go out of his eyes as he looks at her it's just so and she stands there in the wedding shoes unable to take in what she's seeing and he looks at her and then he dies it is thank you I do need a quality street I want this one I if I hadn't had you guys here to watch it with I Mm. probably would have just lost it Oh mate, it was devastating. It was it was really hard to watch. And <laughs> Jackie just offered me her toe, and I leaped it. I'm a very good friend. <laughs> She's an excellent friend. You brought up the very excellent point that it's a bit like it was probably a bit like Harrison Ford being Han Solo. Um, yeah, just like I will come back. Please give me lots of money and kill me off immediately. Kill me off immediately. <laughs> but but. Yeah. I think we all went into the most recent Star Wars movies knowing that he probably was going to die, as in Harrison Ford. Big wasn't in the most recent Star Wars they had to. There had to be some kind of... It was. Well, I think this isn't a Star Wars podcast. This is not a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> the Star Wars Sex and the City crossover podcast you've all been waiting for. 
Actually, I would entirely listen to that. But <laughs> I would happily record that with you. <laughs> yes, we should do that, but not today. <laughs> not tonight. Um, not tonight, Josephine. But I think there was, you know, part of that was about like the handover from like old cast to new cast. They're not doing that here. No. Apart was... from like LTW, whatever, like fine. No, this was brutal. This felt like, how do we make, if we are going to have six episodes and potentially another series, which I don't think they're going to get, but if, you know, you always have ambition to do more if you're going to do an exercise like this, I think, which is to like make Carrie single again. How do we make Carrie Carrie again? Yeah. As she was defined for us in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. And I just think, like, I'm just not convinced that if you were... Well, we don't know what they're going to do with her. We just kind of have no, seen little clips of, like, we just people being in it. Absolutely smacked in the dish. Yeah. Absolutely smacked. <laughs> Louise's new favourite phrase, it's the only thing that cheers her up, is saying that people have been smacked in the dish. <laughs> Nobody got smacked in the dish, actually. Nobody even got smacked in the dish. Oh. Apart um, from me, emotionally. Apart from you emotionally. And me, somewhat. Yeah, I think I was the only one that was really, like, ready to just entirely break down. <laughs> you do feel things. I do feel things. I do. I do feel them, yeah, it's I true. also feel things, but you feel them... Deeply. Um, deeply. It's part of your thespian <laughs> charm. <laughs> I just... It was... But it was awful. It was, it was truly it was, awful. It was... I can... I can... We were all... We all sat there in disbelief. And then they play bloody Florence and the Machine... <sighs> You've got the love. You've got the love. Which and again was felt like a twist of the knife. It just seems like, and I know that there was a reference to the last ever episode, but like it wasn't really appropriate. No, but it felt to me it felt like okay, you've betrayed me and now you're kicking me. Yeah, like okay, fine. Gr- oh, you really want to hurt me? Like they could have even done like a you've got the love as sung by Olivia Rodriguez or something like something like a like, slow version yeah like, like the, Chris, the John Lewis advert <laughs> version of You've Got the Love You've Got the Love covered by Sarah McLaughlin yeah <laughs> that would have been fine it was oh <laughs> but like it was like oh we're just gonna give you this punchy dance number now why like we're gonna give you this song that's played at weddings I can't stop <laughs> seeing it. I'm sorry, I can't stop seeing it. I can't stop seeing him look at her. It was quite her. a visceral scene. And then and then her, like, I, I mean, we were shouting, call an ambulance, call Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, I guess the suggestion was like, he was already dead, he just needed to see her one last time. I think yeah. that was what they were doing. And it was just like, what? Yeah, she like, didn't want him to die while she was on the phone or something. Absolutely horrific. One of the worst... Like, I, th- I think it's up there now with, like, one of, like, it, it has to be up there now with one of the most awful TV deaths. Yeah. Such upsetting. a beloved character, whether you loved him or hated him, like, it's, he's an important and integral part. Yeah. And, he, and, and now he's gone. Now he's gone. And, we, and just gone. like that, Big died. <sighs> yeah. And then with the second episode, which probably we should have taken a bit more time over, but it's... I mean, I don't Charlotte. know. It's, just, it's a funeral. It's all, half an hour of it's a funeral. And Charlotte's just not doing very well. And Miranda's Miranda, Miranda, when she turns up to the house, though, when yeah, when they're all sitting there, when Big's ashes have turned up. Oh, I was talking about when when Miranda first arrives. All right. Oh, that bit's quite. That bit's really good. Because there's something I do think is worth exploring in TV, and and this show is perfectly primed to do it, which is to say that death is a part of us when we're in later life. Yeah, this will happen to us all. Partners will start to die. Like. We, yeah. go through a, we go through a period where grandparents die, then parents start to die, and then it will come to us all. Friends and loved ones, our contemporaries will die. 
not to be fucking grim about it, but that's what happens. So there is something, there's an amazing opportunity to explore that in a meaningful way in television because we just don't have that. There is no existing yeah. thing, really. Maybe Grace and Frankie explores this, but I'm not a, I'm not Maybe, a Grace and Frankie like, fan. I've not, well, it's not that I'm not a fan, I've just not really explored it, so I don't know. It wasn't but something like, I was, yeah, it wasn't really something I was aware of until I remember speaking to my, my grandma who passed away this year. But I remember there was like a point a few years ago when she kind of said something that was to the extent of it's being old is really hard because everyone you love just starts, you just end up with so few people left that you have no, that, that really know you. And yeah. yeah, like she just, she lived to be 90. So like she watched a lot of her friends die and I just remember seeing her feel every single one of them. It's a real part of and life. It's, it's really hard. And it was just like every time she would talk about it, obviously like wanted her to be able to talk about it, but also just like really hit home. That is just going to be a really hard, that's going to be the hardest imaginable thing about being, that's going to be the worst thing about being old. It's not going to be about like your body starting to fail you and stuff. It's going to be yeah. about like, just like, is it, oh God, this is so grim. Like, is it is it better to be left or go early <laughs> like I mean it is like, grim but it is also a huge part of life and it's a part of death is something that our media and our art explores all the time yeah but it explores it in ways that are either kind of esoteric or through sci-fi or not in a way that's just mundane which is yeah. which is what happens here in many ways it is mundane like your husband who's older like what carries in her 50s so big must yeah. be what 70 in his 60s like no no he was like is 10, he that much older 10 years older than her so he must be like if carrie's like in her late 50s he must be pushing 70 okay which is young yeah. for, for this day and age but like it's still a danger zone for things like that and big has an existing heart condition yeah so it's like it's not out with the realms of possibility it's something that we absolutely need to be aware of when we hit that time in our lives it just felt so viscerally cruel to deal with it mm. the way they did you know in a way that speaks to like it is cruel like that happens and it's cruel mm. i'll give you that however i think there's this really delicate balance to walk if you're writing for tv mm-hmm. which is particularly tv that has a fan base TV yeah. like this, which is like, yes, absolutely, do the good writer thing mm-hmm. and challenge people and do the good writer thing of making sure that you keep people on their toes and that no one's safe, but have care for the people who are here for this ride. Yeah. I think there is a balance to be struck there. And they didn't, for me, they didn't strike that balance. This was this was a real gut punch. And maybe I'm too close to the source material. That's also something I'm I mean, completely well, willing no. to concede. I think, no, I think that that's... I think it will be really interesting to see a few things. A, how we feel after a few more episodes. Yeah. Where B, are they going with all this? Where Where is this going, Michael? Darren. What's his name? Darren Star. Darren Star. <laughs> and Michael Patrick King. Two of them. Okay. All right, okay. I was right. You were right. You were <laughs> Michael and Darren. <laughs> um, I know things. I've seen this show. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know. Yes. One, what was my one? Where all this is going. Two, how we feel with a little bit of time away, because this is still quite raw. So raw. Three, even maybe how we feel after, because are you thinking maybe, like, maybe we should just keep doing this? <laughs> Maybe we should keep doing our little hot take episodes. I mean, I had a great time. <laughs> When's the next one out? Because uh, we can even do them over Zoom, even if they're just short. We can do it. I think we covered it. We did it. I mean, we anyway. didn't cover things like 
the inexplicable awfulness of Susan Sharon at the funeral. Susan Sharon being the worst, we didn't really unpack whether it's ever okay to vape weed in an elevator without asking for consent of it from the people around you. Yeah. We didn't cover Harry Goldenblatt in any way, shape or form. I think that's because he's still a wee gem. He's just ticking over, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Steve, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are things that were going to come away from this. We didn't really cover, to a huge extent, Charlotte making death about her. But I also think that I guess that gets kind of resolved in the same episode and, like, fine. And it was weird. It was weird and it seemed a bit out of character that she did. Yeah, we, no, was, we did. We did actually yeah. kind of cover that. And it was shoehorn drama. Was, again, it was a thing where, like we need to yeah. give Carrie another thing to react to in this Content. Yeah, like I don't. Th- I think one of the most realistic things, the whole thing, was like when she puts Charlotte into the Uber, the very, very fancy bloody Bentley Uber, like Bentley Uber, and it's just like bye, go, <laughs> like go. shuts the door yeah. in a very, very emphatic way. But um, and yeah, we've yeah. you're right, we've done it. We may have missed things. Maybe we'll feel differently about them in a week. Um, but this is yeah. our. This and I think our... we're both probably going to watch it again and have different thoughts, which we may tweet from the at she's podcasting Twitter. Yeah. Or post on Instagram uh-huh. at, at she's podcasting. <laughs> if you have any views that you'd maybe like us to pick up, please DM us on either of those platforms or email us at she's podcasting at gmail.com because yeah. perhaps this is an opportunity for us to engage with you more. And uh, if you liked emergency hot takes, maybe we'll do more of them. We just needed to get it out. So thank you for being with us and, and we holding us emotionally. Yes, and we hope you're okay. Yeah, we really, really hope you're okay. DM us if you need to talk. because yeah, we're not. Unless you're going to cry about it and make it all about you, in which case we're going to put you in an Uber. Yes. So, And then not invite you around for martinis because that's <laughs> something that also happens. That's great. And just like that. That was our emergency episode. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) That was I'll Have What She's Podcasting. Thanks to Chris Gorman for the edit and the sound design. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at She's Podcasting. If you liked this, you might also enjoy our sister podcast, Persistent and Nasty, which is all about amplifying marginalised voices in film and theatre. Thanks for listening and see you next time.